What is up, my fight fans, my boxing fans, and my bourbon fans, man? Thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Bourbon and Boxing. I am your host, Jeff, man. This is episode, my podcast episode 15, man, where I like to do my recap and my reaction uh, for the fights that happened over the weekend. Of course, we had two really good main cards this weekend uh, that gave us all day boxing over in uh, Belfast, Ireland. We got to see a nice little fight. Uh, main card was Crocker versus Felix. And then we got to, uh, and then that took us over here to the U.S. and Arizona, where we got to see Jaime Mangia versus John Ryder, guys. I'm going to break down and react to both of those, man. We got some, we got a lot of boxing news that we got to get into also today. Uh, some really big announcements uh, over the last week and into, into today uh, about scheduling and fights that are coming up. And it uh, looks like the king of boxing has made his mind up on who his uh, rest of his 2024 fight schedule is going to include. Uh, and we'll get into that and much more, man. I'm also going to add to you guys a new segment that I'm bringing on to the show. It is called uh, Today in Boxing History. I thought I'd add a little bit of history of boxing to a show that is about boxing, man. I want to talk about today's relevant news and show and give you all of that, but also give you guys a little bit of boxing history, man, uh, that you can take with you, maybe. Uh, something that most of you guys probably already know, man. Just things that happen on certain days in history. Something I just thought, hey, why not add it, man? Uh, and that's what we're going to do. But, hey, why we do? before we do that, man, let's jump into what we saw last over the weekend like I said, we got to see Luis Crocker uh, versus Jose Felix over there in Belfast, Ireland. Now, this is the second time Felix Jose Felix has been in Ireland within the last year. Now, we saw him upset Gary Cooley last time he was there. I did call for an upset here. I'm not going to back out of that now. Uh, I claim that Felix was probably the stronger puncher, but guess what, guys? I was completely wrong on that as Luis Crocker uh, just established dominance and absolutely... But what nothing else but dominated that fight against Jose Felix, who did put up a good fight, of course. But Crocker just had he knew he had to put on a show and that he had to do something to get his name out there. Uh, he is one of the many, many guys in the welterweight division that is trying to get recognized right now. Uh, and what I've seen from him in his last two fights, he is not yet in the top 10 as I've looked in most rankings. And uh, but if he could land him a big fight with one of these top 10 guys to kind of uh, prove his point and what level he is really on. I think he would have, I think he would get that opportunity and I, I think he would relish it and he might be really good because this guy looks really tough. He looks like a small better beef as far as how he attacks and his power and his punches. Uh, and just really like what I see from Crocker and would love to see him maybe up against a guy like Connor Ben later uh, down the road. In the States, because as we know, Connor's been fighting over here in the U.S., so why not bring Crocker over here to the States and get his name out there a little bit more and get him up against a top 10, you know, welterweight at this point. And Connor Ben, who fights this weekend, actually, in uh, Las Vegas, but we saw him in Miami last year. So he's in the States fighting because he's not allowed to fight in the U.K., but why not come over here, Crocker, and also get your name Noticed in the States, which I think he's a great fighter, and that would be a 50-50 fight versus a guy like Conor Ben, who has to win this weekend first. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but yeah, of course, he's got to win this weekend, but I think that would be a great fight overall. <clears throat> Somebody mentioned Patty Donovan, who was on the same card, uh, two Irish fighters, if I'm correct, and uh, both just 
I mean, that would be a great fight. I would actually probably favor, uh, I would favor Crocker in that one, man. I feel like he's just a little bit bigger than Patty. Uh, he has more power. And uh, we saw Patty kind of get tested this weekend, but he came out with a good win. But he kind of got tested a little bit over the weekend. But I am a big fan of Patty Donovan and wouldn't be against seeing that fight versus him and Crocker. Just don't know if Patty is ready for that level yet because Crocker is just a little bit up from him, uh, in my opinion. But maybe I'm wrong, man. Patty Donovan is a hell of a fighter. Like I said, I'm a fan of him. But Crocker looked really good in that fight, guys. Uh, really surprised me with what he did with Jose Felix uh, and just how he dominated the fight. So he is now on my radar. Uh, Got to give him some love and watch out for him in the welterweight division, guys, because he's going to make his way up there. Uh, if Crawford uh, doesn't eventually fight anybody at welterweight, he's going to have to vacate those titles and make a decision on what he wants to do moving up. And he is the number one guy at welterweight. And then you got Spence, who is the number two guy if he comes back. Uh, he's probably not going to fight at the welterweight. He's probably going to move up to 154. So this would give Crocker an opportunity to jump into that top 10. And there's a lot of good guys still available in there. Mario Barros, Boots, Stayonis, um, you know, Connor Ben, And I'm sure I'm missing uh, quite a few other guys, just not off the top of my head. But there is a nice, you know, level of competition at welterweight. And you got guys who can move up there like Teofimo Lopez, uh, and you also got uh, talks about Ryan Garcia moving up to the welterweight division. So, you know, there's other, there could be other people moving up, and that could become a really good weight division and an opportunity for Crocker to move his way up into the end of that uh, ranks and get himself noticed even more. But anyways, man, uh, that was uh, the undercard on that wasn't too bad either. We got to watch the Olympic uh, medalist, uh, Shavon Clark. He defeated uh, Tommy McCarthy in a TKO fourth round. Uh, Patty Donovan, of course, defeated Will Herrera. Uh, we got to see Kohan Walker defeat Lloyd Germain. Uh, all pretty good fights, man, overall. Uh, was really impressed with what I saw from Crocker, though, so he's definitely on my radar, man. And those were the fights over in Belfast, guys. Like I said, some good fights went on there. I really want to try to jump into this Jaime McGee and John Ryder card because Jaime, let, let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, over in the States and Arizona, you had Jaime McGee versus John Ryder, man. And I'm telling you, McGee put on a show, but I'm not, I'm 50-50 on John Ryder, guys. Uh, I know he's a tough guy. He's got a tough chin. He, you know, he's taken, you know, punishment. He's never been knocked out, all this other stuff about him. But I've never seen him as an elite fighter, a superstar, anybody threatening in that uh, super middleweight division at all. Uh, you know, he was a mandatory at one time that Canelo took on. He didn't show much against Canelo. Canelo seems to be able to stagnate, guys. Uh, they fight right into Canelo's hands, it seems like. You know, they fight, they fight his style once they get into that ring, which does, it seems like everybody just forgets how to box uh, outside of Caleb Plant, who seemed to be himself when he fought Canelo. But, you know, Charlo was kind of stagnant. And, you know, it, and then, of course, you know, we, we saw uh, Ryder stagnant against him. But Ryder doesn't throw a lot of punches anyways. That's why I favored Jaime big time in this fight because Ryder doesn't throw a lot of punches. Jaime just came off a big fight against a guy like Dermachenko who they just battled it out and these two beat the shit out of each other. So it was like no matter what Ryder was going to bring to the table, it was nothing like what he just faced against his toughest fight uh, in Dermachenko. And uh, I favored Jaime big time to be able to take control of this fight, uh, you know, if he needed to fight off his back foot, he could uh, bring it to the center of the ring and be able to set his arsenal up. And that's what he did, man. He put on a good little show on Saturday. He finished out 
Ryder in a way that Canelo wasn't able to. And what I hate to see about this fight is that it was overshadowed by rumors of him possibly getting a fight with uh, Canelo Alvarez. And they built the whole fight. I mean, the zone sold that from the beginning of the from the, the the show, the minute they started their undercards, that's all they talked about is Jaime's got a chance. Jaime's got a chance. Jaime's going to get an opportunity to fight Canelo Alvarez. Um, and the one thing I saw in that whole thing was, would would Canelo ever work with Golden Boy and Oscar De La Hoya after what they had been through in the past of those two? Uh, and was Jaime, has, is Jaime deserving of that opportunity to fight a Canelo when David Benavidez is the mandatory. There was so much controversy kind of going swirling around this fight. It was more the the controversy and the talks were bigger than the fight itself, you know, because I, I don't see Ryder as a big time fight. I saw uh, him as a guy that Jaime was going to run through and be able to stop because Jaime is a good boxer. You know, McGee is a great boxer, man. I just think I've been a fan of his since 2018. Uh, followed him. I like him a lot, man. Uh, that Dermanchenko fight really showcased. Uh, you know, his chin, his toughness, and, uh, you know, what he was able to take and what he was able to dish back. And uh, that gained even more respect for me with him. But the John Ryder fight, not so impressed because I'm not impressed with John Ryder. But my thing was that I don't still don't think Mangia is should get the fight with Canelo over David Benavidez or, you know, uh, a few other guys because he just jumped up at the, to the super middleweight division. Uh, just recently. I think this was his very first fight at super middleweight. So this is his first fight at super middleweight. And like I said, I don't really think he, he's deserving at this point of a fight against Canelo. And it sucks because that's what they've been selling, selling him, the fans, everybody this whole time is that he's got this fight. Oscar, man, I'll tell you what, guys, you got to realize that Oscar De La Hoya is one of the best liars in the game. He will sell you, you know, the shirt off your own back before you even know that it's not on your back and that he just sold it to you. You're walking away going, son of a bitch, that's my shirt. So that's Oscar De La Hoya, man. He's a very, very snaky type of guy. And I think, you know, just to sell something, he's going to put any kind of information out there. To sell this fight against John Ryder, you had to make a reason for people to want to watch that fight, right? And he made the whole reason is, well, if Jaime shows out, and does what Jaime, you know, McGeehan needs to do, he's going to be fighting Canelo next. He's the next fight, you know, after Canelo fights Charlo, he's the fight that Canelo is going to take in September. They sold that, guys, and a lot of people ate it up. Like I said, until it's in writing, I don't take anything uh, certain in this game of boxing, because unless it's still in writing or you see the press conference and the date set, uh, even then it's hard to take on because something could happen, somebody pull out, get injured. Boxing is a very fecal sport uh, when it comes to those type of things. So you never take anybody's word for it, but they really sold, and they even had him in there, you know, begging Canelo for a fight, which I thought was, you know, I'd be honored to share the ring with you. You know, be a boxer and say, you know what, I'd be honored to whoop your ass in the middle of this ring, and I know you're probably not going to take this fight against me because you don't fight other Mexicans, as you claim. And he finds a way to take whatever fight he wants. But, you know, they sold it to him that he was going to get the fight. They sold it to the fans. And nothing is for sure, man, as you'll find out later. And some boxing news that I heard uh, that kind of puts a whole monkey wrench in that whole McGee fight. Like I said, they sold that to everybody. That's why most people tuned into it. Why other you want to see him fight John Ryder? Uh, like, 
fighter, older fighter, much respect, tough guy, but he's just not on that level uh, for me to want to just really tune in unless it was a guy like Jaime and there was a reason behind the fight. And, you know, we saw that. But like I said, that doesn't take away what McGee did. He stopped Ryder, uh, fought a hell of a fight, man. Tough guy, uh, really showcased his power and uh, what he could do. And like I said, with Ryder being the, you know, less active guy, it would give Jaime plenty of time to set up his punches and do what he wanted to do against a guy like Ryder. Uh, but anyways, man, they had a nice little undercard on that one. Uh, in my opinion, I think... Now, the thing is, is I think this whole Canelo rumor thing is going to stagnate McGee's next move. I think McGee should take on Berlanga. They're both in the same stable, and it would be a great fight to make if Berlanga wins his fight coming up. He does have a fight coming up uh, sometime in February. So once that fight happens, uh, you know, if Berlanga wins, I think that would be a good next matchup for Jaime McGee is Berlanga. Uh, and maybe even take on a guy like... Uh, you know, Benavidez, maybe possibly, because uh, I don't see Canelo fighting Benavidez anytime soon, and he's going to find a way to duck him every way he can. So I think Benavidez is out there on the table. That'd be a good fight for uh, Magia, and I think Berlanga would be a good fight for Magia also. So uh, let's hope that he's smart enough to not wait around for Canelo, who I do not think is going to fight after some news today. Well, we'll get more to that. But like I said, uh, let's look into the undercard on that one, man. That was a nice little undercard uh, put on there. Uh, Oscar Calizzo, uh, he defeated uh, Ray Gutierrez uh, by TKO. He knew he had to put on a good showing, he said. Uh, Gabriela Pandora defeated Christina Cruz. Uh, you also had Alan Romero defeat Eric Ruiz. Uh, Darius uh, Fulcom defeated Altez Fox. Uh, and that was the undercard on that. Yeah, it wasn't. I I thought that was, uh, the earlier undercard was a little bit better. This one was all right, man. We got to see a couple knockouts on there, just like the other undercard. And uh, that pretty much wraps up what we saw last week, guys. Uh, what we watched. Uh, so just kind of recapping that. Like I said, man, I I liked what I saw out of Crocker uh, against a tough fighter like Felix. It's where he's gonna get at welterweight. Can he get a big fight? I'm hoping he does because uh, I think the kid has talent. And then also Mangia putting on a great show against John Ryder, an older fighter who's probably headed more towards retirement. Uh, and what's next for him, man? And I'd love to see him versus Berlanga or Benavidez, possibly, because I think both both of those are great fights for him. Uh, I don't think he beats Benavidez, but I do favor him against Berlanga. Uh, okay, man, let's get over to... Uh, my new segment of the show, guys. I want to introduce you to my new segment, man. It is called This Day in Boxing History, everybody. All right. This Day in Boxing History. I'm going to give you a couple things that happen on this day in boxing, uh, whatever information I can find, usually on the Boxing History site. A uh, simple place to go to. You can find stuff like this uh, right through the Internet, Google. So I just kind of looked it up. And uh, This Day in Boxing History, guys, Roberto Duran, um, made his 10th defense of his WBA lightweight title with a ruthless 13-round knockout of Valamore uh, Fernandez. And uh, that was in Miami Beach, Florida on this day in 1977. Everybody knows who Roberto Duran is. That man was a beast. But uh, also on this day, I found this one kind of funny and thought, man, I definitely had to put it on the show. Uh, of course, the famous Iron Mike Tyson 
spot in the UK for the first time, scored a second round TKO versus uh, Julius Francis in Manchester, England on this day in 2000. Now, what makes this really funny is that Francis, before the fight, now he'd been knocked down five times in this fight and fight in two rounds, guys, uh, before it was declared over. He had paid, uh, he got paid to uh, put advertisement on his shoes. I guess the bottom of his shoes, he advertised a company and they paid him to advertise those, you know, because, hey, you're going to get knocked down. Mike's going to kick your ass. I guess that's just immediately what he thought. And the minute he does, he goes down, they're going to see that logo. So I thought that was pretty funny. A guy renting out the bottom of his shoes uh, as, you know, advertising space for a company to advertise and knowing that he was probably going to get knocked down. So uh, that was pretty funny. And that was on this day in 2000 uh, in history of boxing. Thought that was pretty funny, guys. Uh, but uh, all right, moving over, man. Like I said, there is tons of boxing news going on this week. Really, really from last week to this week, there is a ton of pack, some fight dates set, uh, some announcements made, uh, rumors, all that kind of stuff, guys. Let's jump right into it. Like I talked about Friday, Better Be versus Baval has set a date for June 1st. Uh, over in Saudi Arabia, man, that's going to be a hell of a fight. Everybody knows that we've been waiting for this fight to happen. That can uh, unify that lightweight heavyweight or that light heavyweight division uh, between these two guys. Uh, I would favor Better Beave in that one, man. He's a tough dude. That jab, that aggression that he has is one of the best I've seen in boxing. Uh, very, very good at what he does. And then also PBC slash Amazon has chosen a date and card for their first uh First fight on Amazon, man, for their contract that they just did. And, of course, you know, I'm like, hey, is this going to be pay-per-view? They should maybe just kind of introduce it because when I first heard that it's uh, Tim Tazoo versus Keith Thurman is going to be the main card on that. So I'm like, all right, man, not bad, but I wouldn't pay pay-per-view to watch Tim Tazoo versus uh, Keith Thurman. And I don't know if you want to introduce your boxing fans uh, or your, your subscribers to that, okay? Not saying it would be a bad fight. But I, you know, Tim Dazoo, I think Thurman's just been inactive. It's not a big fight for me. Uh, but then they slowly started to announce the uh, undercard to it, which would have uh, Tim Dazoo versus Keith Thurman as your main card, Roley Romero versus Isaac the Pitbull Cruz as your uh, co main event on that. So that's a pretty good selling point there. And then they got Lara versus Zarafa on there, which is a great, uh, all these are going to be title fights too, guys. And then the Pandora versus. Bohoa Chuck fight on there. Now that is very interesting for the fact that they just stripped Jamel Charlo of all his belts. Uh, and the winner of this fight will get those belts, which I don't agree upon because we just watched Fendora get knocked out by Mendoza a year ago or so, maybe longer than that. And now he's going to have an opportunity to hold all the belts, most of the belts besides the one that Tim Tazoo has. Uh, but having an opportunity to unify that division almost, uh, which is crazy because if I'm right, he'll hold at least three of the belts. And uh, which I, that's weird, man. That's boxing for you. Uh, so let's see how that works out for Sebastian Fedora, who's going to get an opportunity to still get some belts after getting knocked out uh, by Brian Mendoza, who I thought, you know, hey, wh whoever wins this fight uh, versus Fedora and, his, and this guy should fight. Um, and does them next for the belts. That's how it should be. But man, boxing's never that way. They always find a way to screw a guy over or to do what they want to do and give them, give the belts who they want to really give them to. Uh, you know, so. 
But like I said, uh, that that car man being announced, I now it hasn't said if it's going to be a pay per view or not. That's going to be followed up by a fight on May fourth. That's going to be a pay per view fight with Canelo Alvarez versus Jamal Charlo, uh, who just still hasn't uh, fully moved up as a super middleweight. So once again, another fight for Charlo or for Canelo, uh, who also let's get into that man. It's Weird, but uh, let's go ahead and jump into that Canelo news, who also rumors are it's not being, it hasn't been cemented. It's kind of, it hasn't been announced. It's just kind of been thrown out there that Canelo has decided that he's going to fight Jamal Charlo on the 4th of May, and then he's going to fight uh, Terrence Crawford in September. That's usually his fight schedule for the year, guys. So pretty much saying I will not fight David Benavidez, I will not fight Jaime Mangia. I will not fight anybody in my weight division, uh, but I will still retain the belts and nothing will happen. Now, without me getting too over the top and bitchy and moany about it, because, you know, if boxing's not going to do anything about it, why why the hell am I going to waste my time bitching about it or moaning about it, right? Uh, obviously, Canelo's going to do what Canelo wants to wants to do once again he's going to fight a third fight not in his division and completely ignore his mandatory fight uh and nothing's going to happen he'll still remain as belts and boxing will do nothing because his name i guess i guess because of who he is but it just doesn't set the precedent that we're trying to do right now in boxing that what boxing is trying to do what these other fighters are working hard to do by fighting the right fights fighting their mandatory putting the fights that people want to see you know, and then you had a guy like Canelo who's just like, I'm just going to do what the fuck I want. And why everybody else has to follow the rules, I'm going to do whatever I want. Like I said, Jamal, Jamal Charlo was just stripped of all his belts because they said there weren't, they weren't for sure if he was going to come back to 154 fully, they believe he was going to move up. So that was their reasoning for stripping him of his belts. They earlier stripped him of his belt before the Canelo fight for not taking his mandatory. And they took the IBF away from him and gave it to Tim to Zoo. So boxing has its own set of rules, man. And it's we do whatever we want and we favor who we want and we allow certain guys to do whatever they want while everybody else follows the rule. And right now it only really seems like the only guy they let do what they want is Canelo Alvarez because he makes his own rules. He fights who he wants. Think about it. In the last two years, I think he's fought in his division one time. You know, the Baval fight. Then Ryder was in his division. Baval was not in his division. He moved up the cruiserweight to fight to Baval at 175. Uh, and then he fought Jermel uh, Charlo, who was a 154 guy, came up two weight classes of fighting. Uh, now he's talking about fighting a 160 fighter in Jamal Charlo and then fighting a 147 welterweight fighter in Terrence Crawford. Uh, it's hard for me to explain that. Uh, you know, when guys are supposed to fight their weight division, they're supposed to fight their mandatories. Uh, it's hard for me to explain why a guy can just do whatever he wants. You know, I guess whatever you can say, he's earned that right. But there is no privilege in the sport of boxing. Uh, nobody's earned anything. You know, you fight for every minute you get, for every piece of fame you get, for every minute you have in that ring. Uh, and, you know, I just believe it's cherry picking. Now, I hope and pray that Terrence Crawford, who I really love as a boxer, man. Uh, he's by far one of my favorites at this point. Uh, I really hope that putting on that much weight isn't going to be too much for him uh, to do, but I hope he does it easily. 
and I hope he puts an ass whooping on Canelo Alvarez. If this is the if this is the case, and he's going to get that fight in September, I am one. I am praying that Crawford gives uh, Canelo that ass whooping he needs. Uh, bring him back down to earth, man. He really thinks he can do what he wants, and uh, the sport of boxing lets him, man. But like I said before, I derail my whole show for that guy, man. Uh, Cause you know, he gets under my skin that he just does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, you also got talks at Jack Taylor versus Jack Catterall. Uh, that fight is almost complete. They're trying to make the rematch happen for a while. Both guys are kind of at ends of who should make what, who should get paid what, uh, who's the A side, who's the B side. I think Taylor is the A side of that fight. Uh, and <clears throat> I think it would be a great fight. I think everybody wants to see that fight again. Uh, 100% sure. And then, of course, Haney versus Garcia is back in talks, according to Oscar De La Hoya. But once again, man, like I said, you can't really buy anything that guy's selling you. Uh, he's going to sell you a gold chain that ain't a gold chain. It's a, what, what are you going to, a fugazi. He's going to sell you some fugazis. Forget about it. <laughs> All right, man, before we end this show, man, thank you guys for joining me once again on uh, Bourbon and Boxing, man. We're going to go over this week's schedule. We got three main cards going on, uh, two of those really big cards, and we got a nice little Friday fight going on, and that's going to be Ashton Seville versus uh, Estion Falkill. And then on Saturday, you're going to get two main events, man. Uh, You're going to get Joshua Boazzi and Dan Aziz, who we've been wanting to see that fight. It's been scheduled for a while. I think uh, Aziz might have had some health issues, so that got canceled last year, but we will get to see that fight on Saturday, much anticipated, and then you're going to get Connor Ben versus Peter Dobson, man. And uh, Like I said, everybody loves Connor, man. Let's see what he can do over here in the U.S. uh, and see what he looks like getting back in the ring. Uh, That is a pretty good fight schedule for the weekend, so it should keep you busy Friday, Saturday, uh, Friday boxing, Saturday boxing, and then next week we're going to have some really big fights, but we won't get into that right now. And like I said, man, I want to thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Bourbon and Boxing, man, episode 15. Uh, We'll call this one uh, the super middleweight division is getting deep, guys. Uh, Loaded with talent, and even if Canelo decides he doesn't want to fight any of these guys, there's plenty of guys like David Morrell, I mean, McGee, David Benavidez, uh, you still have, you cannot ever count uh, Demetrius Boo Boo Andrade out. He's a tough fight for anybody. Caleb Plant. Uh, so many good fights that can happen up there, guys. So let's hope they happen. And uh, screw Canelo if he, he doesn't want to get in line with it, man. Let's just duck this guy out and let these other guys fight for the titles like they should be, man. But once again, thank you for joining me. Don't forget to subscribe, like, follow me. Uh, check out my group on Facebook, Bourbon and Boxing. If you want to join, go ahead and send an invite, uh, and you know I'll accept you in there. Uh, if you want to comment, whatever you want to do, man, interact on the show, man. Let me know. Once again, uh, thank you guys for joining me on episode fifteen. <laughs>